Coming up, with the Brooklyn Nets stumbling off their road trip, is there a chance that now is the right time to strike on the proverbial superstar hot stove and take a look at Donovan Mitchell? We break down the angles, the price point, and if it makes sense for Brooklyn, all coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I'm Adam Armbrecht. Over there is Doug Norrie. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're 100% free on all those great platforms. And let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And Doug, there's never a better time than when your team is one and four off a road trip, back down to 500, a lot of good vibes kind of starting to fade here. Why don't we just go get ourselves a superstar? I think that's the easiest way to solve a lot of these problems. Oh, buddy, it's blow it up season. You know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much <laughs> around here to one just get into trip. the one freaking oh, one, road trip. One and five road trip. Let's blow this thing up. Now, look, this had come up over the weekend where there was increasing speculation that the Cavs might begin to think about moving on from Donovan Mitchell sooner than later. There's context sort of like not Mitchell related more than anything else um, around why they would consider doing it. It's mostly that the health of Darius Garland and Evan Mobley is bad because they're both going to be out for an extended period of time, which has you thinking like how long are the Cavs going to be able to stay in this thing 15 and 12 right now. Um, but where's that going to look in like, you know, six weeks, two months when these guys are able to return. And so it began to fuel the old trade market fire, around where Donovan Mitchell, like what would be good landing places for Donovan Mitchell. And as will be the case from now until everything happens, as long as the Nets retain the assets that they have from the Phoenix trade and from the Dallas trade, and based on past history with this thing, there's reason to believe they will go star hunting at some point. Whether Mitchell's the guy or not, I'm not sure, you know, who knows. But this team, they will come up in every possible trade from now on, because that's just kind of like where that's sort of like how their assets align and their players align. And Mitchell, you know, fits the bill there, at least as part of the discussion. Yeah. And it does become interesting. You mentioned the context there around every name because the Nets have all this draft capital and they, we think that they're keeping it dry for a very specific reason to be able to be in these discussions. The question becomes whether or not Donovan Mitchell is the right guy to take that swing for. Yeah. What is the price point going to be? And by a few different, uh, by a few different records, you have the Knicks as being the odds on favor to land Mitchell. They've been talked about before, almost kind of wanting Mitchell courting him previously before he ended up with the Cavs. And then also you have the Brooklyn Nets closely behind them there. So th these are the, the two teams regarded maybe most likely to be in these discussions. But before you mentioned it there about where the Cavs currently stand, before we talk about whether or not it makes sense for the Nets, what the package would look like and how fans would feel about it, because you know how this works. Take our bad crap, give us your best stuff, and everybody goes home happy. So I'm assuming Nets fans love the idea of, why don't you take the Ben Simmons contract? We throw you maybe a first, couple of twos if you're being greedy, and we call it a day. Does it make sense for the Cleveland Cavaliers, though, first and foremost? Because Mitchell is on still under contract through 24-25 with a player option for 25-26 of $37 million that he'll almost certainly opt out of for next max deal. So you're talking about this year and next season. While, while the Cavs are currently injured in this season, man, up being a lost cause, does it, does it make sense for them now to do it? 
Because you could also do it next year. Like, there's no reason they have to make this decision right in this moment. And I don't know if the Nets would fall into a category of being desperate and enough to engage in these discussions this year as opposed to maybe next year. Yeah, it's really close, right? So if you're if you're Cleveland, you look at the situation, you say, you know, you know, we kind of had a disaster playoffs last year. Um, we put we put these four guys together. That'd be Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, and Jared Allen. And the idea was like, you know, what was going to be the upside? It's kind of two bigs, two smaller guards. It's a little bit of a weird makeup when it comes to the current NBA. But there's like some reasons to believe that it, you know, you could b- kind of build off it. They desperately needed a four. Um, excuse me, a three, a, like a wing three, three-point shooter last year in the playoffs against the Knicks. They didn't have it. They would go out and sign Struess, but they just really haven't been able to stay healthy at all. And Akura um, hasn't really made the leap, although he's been better of late. I do not think it's like a for sure deal that they just trade Mitchell here. I, I think that it makes sense based on the context around the season, and they might look at this and say, hey, we kind of know this can hit the ultimate upside. And at that point, Mitchell's still a really great player. Yep. We could get something for him. We retrench and build around like Mobley and Garland going forward. They're maybe on the similar age timelines, and and that's what we do. So I don't think it's like a guarantee. You know, Garland's f- four years younger and Mobley's five years younger than Mitchell. So it's like they could retrench, get some assets back that they gave out in the Mitchell trade, and sort of just like you know look at a maybe push it out to like a two or three year timeline after that. Make sure you have the money to sign Mobley, and and away you go. But, you know, there's I think there's reason that you could probably still talk yourself into the idea that there's maybe upside on this group now that you have, you know, maybe viable threes that can kind of play. And I, I don't know. This one's close to me. I am, and and to, and also, like, final point on that, Mitchell has not publicly asked out here, right? This was yeah. all, hey, Garland's hurt, Mobley's hurt. Oh, are the Cavs going to circle the drain? Like, his quotes were just kind of like, ah, I'm just going to have to do a lot now, <laughs> right? right. Uh, I'm just going to have – yeah, I'm just going to have to do a lot, and we'll see how it goes. They won the last couple games. He's been amazing. So I don't know. This one's close to me, but I get it because I get why I get why he's the Nets would be part of this and it's worth discussing. This just doesn't feel necessarily imminent, like maybe some other, you know, firm requests have been in the past. Yeah. And when it comes to you mentioned with the Cavs there, they won their last two games. So you go, you know, in a split second from 13 and 12 to 15 and 12. Mitchell's a 28 point score so far this season to this point. And the numbers are basically where they've been consistently. And he's only in a, obviously a second year with the Cavs. But when you look inside the NBA standings right now in the Eastern Conference, it's like, okay, Knicks are 15 and 11 right there, 16 and nine Orlando Magic. And then you get up in the top three with the 18 and eight Philadelphia 76ers. Like, it, you know, we talked about this with the Brooklyn Nets. You're at some point, you're also in the business of selling optimism, right? And, and selling yep. what your team is going to be. Now, whether or not last year's playoff performance for Cleveland has informed the fan base in a way where they feel like this already isn't going to work out. So what's the next step? What's the next phase? I doubt many fans are excited about the idea of moving off of Donovan Mitchell. But it, it, once you move him, you change the narrative completely, right? Everything goes the other direction. We're right now, like whatever I think they could accomplish, this is a playoff team that very easily could find themselves in the four seed by the end of the year if Donovan Mitchell is healthy and if maybe they choose to not sell, but rather go and make a marginal buy to try to solidify this team around Donovan Mitchell and go for one more run. Again, when you have the next year of the contract, you still have control over when the right time is to potentially make that move. We will start to spin things over to the Brooklyn Nets side. What would it mean to add a player like this? What would his impact be? And then ultimately... What's the price point? Because we need to get a firm grasp on reality when it comes to adding a player of his caliber. We'll get into that coming up here in just one second. 
But of course, as you all know, guys, the other thing we need to remind you about is our friends over at eBay Motors because they're doing something special for us this season. Oh, they partnered up with Josh Lloyd over at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and they're bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for the daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to be providing you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Dougster, let's take a look at Josh's picks for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Yeah, a couple of good ones here. I mentioned this guy yesterday, Brandon Podzemski from the Warriors. Moved into the starting lineup when they moved Wiggins out. Obviously, Warriors taking a new look with uh, Draymond out indefinitely. Unclear when he's going to be back. Pods has been really, really good. Rebounds the position really well for a guard, which you love to see in fantasy. Can shoot the lights out of the ball. Two, look, there's a reason we talked a lot about him leading up to the Nets draft. So you can take a look at Pods. You can take a look at Atari Eason coming off the bench for the Rockets. Sometimes these bench guys can be a little bit weird, but they've had some weird... Uh, kind of health issues with the wings and Tari is still a guy that plays up in over 20 minutes and he's a kind of a fantasy points per minute beast like to look that way old friend James well not old friend James is not old friend of the Warriors James Wiseman um <laughs> Isaiah Stewart's out they've been bringing him off the bench he gets a lot of blowout run which if you're the Pistons that's a uh, great news because Pistons got blown out a ton so James Wiseman can also fill it up from a fantasy perspective as well Look, with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it with eBay Guaranteed Fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. The price is baby. You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so as we continue the Donovan Mitchell and ultimately big name hunting episode for the Brooklyn Nets podcast, that, that really is what we're talking about here. It's where's the value for the Nets? So specifically when we think about Donovan Mitchell, what does he bring to the table to you? Before we even talk about price, what does he help immediately improve for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of the things that they lack? Obviously an on-ball guy. Obviously he had come into the league and has shown the ability to dedicate himself defensively as well. Stockier build, right? A little bit more meat to him as far as a backcourt companion. What do you like about him if the Brooklyn Nets are pursuing him? Yeah, I mean, like lightning fast, really strong, can shoot the three, um, can play on ball a lot. It would instantly come in. I mean, this isn't like a reason to trade for a guy, but he'd instantly come in and he'd be your number one scorer and you wouldn't be, there'd be like no doubt about the hierarchy. I think there's probably some issues with where the Nets are in terms of a hierarchy sure. right now, like who is the top option? I think Donovan would solve that. That's not necessarily a reason to trade for a guy. I just think that would be the byproduct of what would happen, mm -hmm. even if you just like gave up nothing, right? And then he came in. It'd be clear that like he was probably going to run mostly the point and would just be like a high volume shooter out of the point, which is essentially what he's doing now for Cleveland with Garland out, right? I think you would like understand the pecking order of the team. It's a total floor raiser. Um, just with the other guys too, can play, can play off the ball if he needs to, uh, does have good court vision, even for his size. He's just one of the best, you know, 25 players in the league. I'm just rounding that. Some people are going to probably say something about that number, but whatever. Like he's a really, really good player. Yeah. Is he a top 10 guy? Like wins you championship discussion guy? No. And so there's a discussion to be had around that about like sort of who the kind of superstar you unload the coffers for, but it would clearly like for this year and next year, would they be where they have to make the playoffs because they don't have picks? Would he raise the floor in that way? I mean, of course, like that's what he's doing with Cleveland directly right now. So I think that that's what you're getting other X's and O's things aside. The question, obviously it's like, what price would you have to pay? Is it worth it? Is it 
totally redundant with guys that they already have on the roster too that you that you might not trade. I mean, there's like a lot of other questions here, but in terms of Mitchell, I think he's a known product at this point. I think you know exactly what you're getting with him. And there is a lot, there is something to be said for that. Um, right, I'm not saying, sure. Like, this guy steps on the court and we get X every, basically. I know exactly what I'm season. getting. I'm getting, and, and it's super electric and it's exciting. And the team, if he's your best player, the team will be good, not great. Like, yeah. I think you could say that pretty confidently. And I think so. Let's ask this question, too, because you mentioned about obviously raises the floor, makes you a more competitive team. When you think about that in, in Eastern Conference, at least, the, the nice thing about this is you take a team that's ahead of you in the standings and you take their best player away. Right. So you improve yourself also in that regard, too. It wouldn't be. Well, let's, I'll, let me frame this as a question. I don't think it would be too far fetched to say that you add Donovan Mitchell and it's very easy to envision the Nets being potentially getting into the head-to-head maybe against Orlando and saying being a top-four seed when it's all said and done. Does that seem too high of a bar to set that they could be a top-four seed playing against the Knicks as it would currently be constituted or Orlando 4-5 matchup in the playoffs? Like if you just put them on this team and gave up nothing, right? Like is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, like let's, let's, yeah, we can get into kind of what you have to give up, but let's assume you don't lose any of the, the critical supporting pieces that you think make this team like in some world where you unloaded all the picks and got all Ben Simmons or something like that. Like, yeah, that's like, that's probably this scenario. I think it's unrealistic, but um, that's the scenario you're talking about. Yeah. I think they, they climb that high. You have an alpha score. You have some backcourt issues. I think you do have a hierarchy. Maybe I think you stunt Cam Thomas's development for sure. Um, Maybe not in a good way, but well, I mean, no stunting is good, but the, I think, yes, I think that that would raise their floor enough. If you have a lineup of, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Claxton as your core, like you're kind of like one, three, five, mm-hmm. and then you're playing some mix and match versions of the two and the four with those guys. I think that is a good, not great team. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that you're probably right with that assessment of like, you know, clearly the Celtics would still be better. Bucks clearly better. Sixers definitely better, but the next group you would be in a conversation with, right? Like the magic, the Knicks, I mean, the Cavs obviously take a take a beat. The Heat, who who probably you know, totally different conversation if they added Donovan Mitchell. You know, right. Pacers aren't interested, and then like probably anyone below this isn't interested. So, yeah, I think you would you would move into that group. I don't think you would get above the next tier though. And no, no. That, now, and that's probably, but that but that's 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 important because you have to understand that if you're going to forego some future assets. Right. right. Like, so let's let, let's live in this world for right now. And then we'll talk about maybe the more realistic, which involves a lot of players, I think, here, too. Right. You said that you mentioned the unrealistic piece. OK, listen, we have all these draft picks and we want to be off of the Ben Simmons contract. So that's going to be the that's the money match. And we'll give the extra assets. So it, it's going to end up looking seismic in terms of how many picks you give up. The Nets go in then knowing. So two things. One, we believe that we become a team that can win a playoff series. That that matters, right? Get to the second round of the playoffs. Now, it's not a, that's not a guarantee, but you'd feel pretty good in a matchup against Orlando or New York, right? Those type of things in a first-round matchup, potentially. Then you also have the question of next year is the final year for Donovan Mitchell before he has the option to opt out and get a new contract. So the long-term then becomes, what is the push and pull here? The way that I can sell it on it's worth it for the Nets is that you can turn around and get insane value right now. And then a year from now, do, do the same thing. Reevaluate. Do we want to send off Mikhail Bridges and Donovan Mitchell and Cam Johnson and all these guys like they, they can keep recycling and resetting. I don't think Brooklyn wants to live in that world. So because of that, and because of the cost, you also have to think about you're changing your window to a little bit sooner because Mitchell fits the age range with uh, Bridges and with Cam Johnson and the veterans. And if you don't, 
think that it's going to be a guarantee getting towards a championship. You're still another move away. And now you've probably depleted all your assets. And I think that's the real equation here when it comes from a pure, hey, we'll give up all the draft picks that it takes to get you. Unless you're talking about Eastern Conference finals and a chance to go to the playoffs this year or next year, then you get into, are we extending Donovan Mitchell? And then we're talking about, uh, you know, a backcourt player into his 30s. And what does that look like? I These are hard things, I think, for fans to hear sometimes, but a reality to what this is for the Nets organization. And it's like the difference of looking at the Nets and looking at, say, the Heat, right? Because if you're the Heat and you look at this move and you say, oh, we're going to do similar to what the Dame package could have been, but, you know, maybe Mitchell's not as good as Dame, so the package that they were going to send and, like, you know, Portland hated the Heat. You know, maybe the Cavs don't hate the Heat's guts like they did with Dame, and that's <laughs> they sort of and they spite didn't trade them. Did this, you know, <laughs> um, and so maybe you look and you're like, okay, well now I can do now I can do a championship calculation because it's like Mitchell, Jimmy, Bam, like that's a group that could win it, yeah. right? Like I don't would they wouldn't be favorites, but you you'd have to put them in the the, the title conversation, right? In the seven game series, those guys are all playing 42 43 minutes. That team can win, okay. um. I think that that's the problem with the discussion where you get to the Nets is like, are you throwing the baby out with the bathwater to bring someone in to raise your floor to a second round exit to then try to think that, you know, if it doesn't work out in two years where you are, cause you're kind of reloading anyway, because all like I said, just compare it to another team like the heat. You can just do a direct comparison. That team can really sell. You can sell everything on that and be like, Hey, this is, you know, we have a, we have a, a closing window on Jimmy. Right. Like it's we're not going to be here forever. This is the time to go for it. The Nets just like aren't in that situation. This is tough. They are in a weird they're in a weird middle ground here. And uh, and I think that's like sort of where the major problem lies. Before we get into the other players here, the last note on this. Um, do you think if you were Sean Marks that you would look at it as and remember, let's say that it's all the assets and it's not Ben Simmons and it takes some players. We'll discuss those. Remember, though, if Ben Simmons can come back healthy. Well, now we have Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell, and I, right? Like, I, I, and I know it's the thing that you and I like. And I, I'm saying it to dismiss it, but like, this is what so much of the fan, so many people still talk about it this way, right? Like, now if if Ben Simmons I mean, comes do back, they, yeah, yeah, I know they, they do. I know, like, yeah. it seems insane, but they do. Like, you and I close the chapter on like only once we see it, not and not even when we see it do we believe it, right? Only once it happens, and then two years later we say, hey, remember when we didn't think that he was going to come back healthy, and he did. But I just wonder if that would play into it on the premise that Cleveland, any team, is going to say, no, we don't want the Ben Simmons contract. We know the money lines up, but we're not yeah. taking that. So then it goes into a different phase. And that, coming up here in just one second, is what we'll dive into. Who are the players that Cleveland would want back in return? Can the Nets add a couple of pieces coming the other way to maybe elevate expectations for what this would look like? And ultimately, do Doug and I think the Nets should pull the trigger on a deal like this? We'll get into that in just one second. All right, before we get to that, tell you about our friends over at Game Time. Look, take the ticket buying experience for something fun you want to go to. The game, the theater, the concert, whatever it is. Take the frustrating parts out of it. Keep the fun parts in. Get over on Game Time and get to where you want to go with Game Time. There's tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. They got great last-minute deals. They got all-in prices. You're going to be able to see exactly what you're going to see from your seat when you sit down. Best best price guarantee. It's so great. I even struggle to say it sometimes. Best price guarantee. It's all there for you on Game Time if you're in the Brooklyn area, which you probably are if you're listening to the podcast now. They got still time. Uh, Knicks at Nets starting at $64 at Game Time. If you want to duck it down a little bit, Two days later, Nuggets at uh, Nets. See the Joker come live into town. $40 and Pistons at Nets. We talked about those games. This might be nail biters in ways that we don't want to do. 
but that's okay. You can go see it yourself by buying tickets over at Game Time. It's really, really easy to get started. All you do right now is you download the Game Time app, you create an account, use the code Lockdown NBA. You're gonna get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA for $20 off on the Game Time app. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, so as we tie a bow on the discussion, the question becomes then maybe realistically, right? Because just quickly, you don't do you believe that the Cavs would even entertain taking a Ben Simmons contract in exchange for Donovan Mitchell? No, okay. no. Maybe. I mean, like I think they would do it if I mean if it was like Ben Simmons first round pick upon first round pick was added on top, and like Cam Thomas because they believe in like developing him a little bit more, and he becomes something for them, or or like something like that, like. I just think you can't. You, no, no, no trade package can start with Ben Simmons as the as the uh, cornerstone of getting a job done, except for the money, because right. you need to make the money match. I heard it thrown out there um, on a couple podcasts that the Cavs might be interested in like dealing for parts here, mm-hmm. like a Dorian Finney-Smith and a Royce O'Neal, because those are guys they could really use. They go wing heavy, and then plus picks, right? right? Like it's like then you get a lot of picks. You kind of raise your floor a little bit with guys you, you need. And then you round it out with picks and you feel okay with that. I, I, still, I really don't think they would do that. I think they're in a spot to play out the string. I mean, there's no world where you see Simmons is like a part of a package here. I think they have to give up so much. And I just don't think this is the guy. Now, one caveat. Sure. Is that sometimes the other guys don't come available either. <laughs> and like that is, you can't just say, we'll get the next guy. Cause there's right. teams that are still saying that to themselves and it doesn't happen. So it's, it's, it's tricky here. And I think the other, and you know, you mentioned a team like the Miami Heat or name any contending team. It's $37 million, takes a lot of work to get it done, but maybe a team that isn't quite achieving at the level they want to, someone out West perhaps, right? Like there's going to be other teams that are going to all of a sudden come kicking in here. They're not going to be able to give the same draft capital the Nets can, but they might be able to put together a player package that at least takes that scenario off the table. And the Nets go, ah, Ben Simmons, he makes a lot of money. Let's put him in and then we'll start talking. Uh, you know, you mentioned Cam Thomas here. Uh, I'm going to tell the Nets fan base right now, whether or not he's the, the perfect fit or what the you know Cavs would want or what their ideas of the model. I, I think that's one of the first players that the Cavs would say they want to be included in this trade. He's young. He'll be controllable. He, he's a player that you believe has incredible scoring talent. Like in the world where this trade goes down, just from a pure money standpoint, I can tell you that Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Thomas, and Nicholas Claxton, is a you know is somebody that they end up wanting to get because then they'll turn around and they'll flip Jared Allen maybe who still has three years and twenty million dollars like the Cavs are going to be in asset collecting mode right whether it's draft picks or young talented players I I don't know what exactly they would want but I feel pretty confident that they're not coming knocking down the door for all the veterans like you said Royce O'Neal and Dorian Finney Smith what does that really mean for them you want to get a third team involved maybe. But I think they look at it as how do we make the money match? And then how do we get young players that could become the next wave for us with our young couple of pieces that we really like? Which also begs the question, just going back to Cam for a second, is like how far away is Cam Thomas from being 85% of Donovan Mitchell, sure. right? Like with five more years of development and all this, or you know, a few more years. I do not personally think stylistically they are the same. I've seen them compared. Um, I think watching them, I don't find them their games to be similar really at all. Um, not in bad ways. Like that's not a knock against Cam. I just think they are different. I mean, they're yep. stockier guards. I think that's like a little bit where the comparison stop for me on those guys. But if you think that that Cam Thomas is still linearly growing here, and he has another level to get to, like with ball distribution or something like that, then you might say to yourself, "Well, why would I even do it? He's five years younger. 
right? Sure. And he just represents another timeline. And I would definitely hear that part of it. Uh, I think that that would be something I would probably actively want to be thinking about. It's like, how, if can we commit to making this guy, you know, better at Mitchell at some things, worse in other areas? And it kind of like he gets to, like I said, I'm making the number up, but like 80, 85% of what Donovan Mitchell is. I think that's, then you have a great player, right? Yeah. And so I, I, that's where I also maybe hesitate on the cam thing because I just like, I, I'm just not sure it's such a massive improvement. It's definitely a, an improvement, but when you factor in age and money and some of the other stuff, I, I'm just, I think that the question becomes a little bit closer. Yeah. I don't know, that's sure, overrating. No, sure. I don't know if we, I never know if I'm overrating cam, underrating cam, properly rating him. Like it's very, it's very difficult to dissect that, but I would actively think about that, about why I'd be making that move. And again, relative to the ceiling, right? What is the expectation for the team when you bring in Donovan Mitchell? If it's, you think you're going to the NBA finals, then sacrificing Cam Thomas maybe adds up right over the next couple of seasons. If you think right. it's to win a first round playoff series and get bounced out, then it probably isn't worth that squeeze. But I, I guarantee you that fans would say, if you can get him, you have to go get him. Now, the other part of this too, I think that I'll, I'll at least close out my thoughts on this before we say yay or nay fully is it's also the idea of like, well, from a money standpoint, I mentioned a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. Maybe they want, maybe they would take Royce O'Neal. Okay, it starts to get you there. You still need to add more into that. And Spencer Dinwiddie on his expiring $20 million, you'd say, well, that that number adds up and he's a backcourt player. And okay, whether you want to utilize him or move him along, whatever the case may be for the Cavs. The problem there is, again, start picking away pieces. If you start taking things away from this team, it's at least going to shift what it looks like after the trade. So if you're saying, Maybe it takes Spencer Dinwiddie's contract. Okay, he's a starter, so you've lost those minutes. Okay, Mitchell replaces those, fine. But you don't have that same guy anymore now, another facilitator on this roster, something the Nets are already depleted from. If you end up moving from Dorian Finney-Smith, well, we know he's a two-way player, a three-and-D wing. He stepped up in a lot of big spots. So maybe there's the world where after this trade, you're saying it needs to be Mikhail Bridges, Donovan Mitchell, and then you're probably looking at Cam Tom if he's, if he's still on the roster and saying you need to continue to take a leap right now. Because I don't, you know, we talked about this depth on this West Coast trip without Dennis Smith Jr., without Lonnie Walker. We're seeing things not look as competent as they did when they're at full strength. So if you pick away two or three pieces of this depth, I don't know how dramatically it changes the overall expectations in the next one or two seasons. And that's you're illustrating the whole problem with with like considering the trade. The whole problem with considering this trade is like, what are you really doing here? You, you would be essentially robbing Peter to pay no one. <laughs> like it would just be, it, you're just not, you're not getting there. It's not enough. And the, what you would have to give up would be, would decimate a part that would even maybe raise, keep your floor high enough. And one more thing too, to get, and we'll probably get out of here after this, but unless you have final thoughts, but the other thing that would almost have to be included in these, in any uh, future deal, right. Is these Phoenix picks. And there's like some real writing on the wall that these things might even be better than we thought because it's the turn. already can't play. Right, like Beal's already just hasn't played at all this season. There's that you can see. There's just such a massive talent drop off after these three guys, right? And they're only playing with two, and they're already running Durant a million minutes. Booker has to do everything again, and or those two guys have to do everything again. And I like there's just, I mean, there's some real warning bells about how good those picks could be if they just keep selling. No, sorry, buying to make it better in the short term there could be a cratering situation. So I'd be really hesitant also to get unload these Phoenix picks. Always a risk, yeah. but to hold something too long, cause you can just rebuild. Right. But man, like 
if you're if you're tracking the progress of those or the value, it has to have gone up, right? Like they just they're already not healthy and they're already sort of the bottom of the West. I mean, you know, in the playing game in the Western Conference, like this is not going well with a lot of season left. And you can make the case that maybe the assets are more valuable. So it takes less to accomplish a deal like this for Donovan Mitchell because the Cavs look at the same way. Oh, those Phoenix picks are you know, exponentially more valuable than they were when you first got them. But at the end of the day, while there are players that I would do it for Luca, you know what I mean? If he's available, whatever. Other than that, I just, it's not even a knock on Donovan Mitchell. It's just about where the nets are, where their talent level is, where their expectations are. I just can't see a world where you start dipping into those draft assets to make a move like this, that one more year from now, we might be saying, okay, do we think we should start ripping this thing apart now? There's just too much going on here right now for Brooklyn to, I think, commit to a move like this. Yeah, I think I'm with you. So I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks about this. Um, I know there's definitely, you know, spider stands out there that want to bring this guy in, and I totally get it. And I, and I, you know, I get, I get it for this season kind of thing. So I'd love to hear what everyone has to say about that. Jump, throw in a comment over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well. This colloquial expression, which originally alluded to keeping gunpowder dry so that it would ignite, has been used figuratively since the 1800s, but today is less common than take care. Why that's keep one's powder dry from the dictionary. Oh, Webster or one of these other nerds? Oh, Webster in the house. <laughs> one of these other stone cold dorks that just thought to write all, down all the words. <laughs> Smart though. Smart. Wish I could think of an idea like guy. that. Smart guy. One of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Every day.